This is Ad Speaks Houston, the Addy Award-winning podcast, giving you the inside scoop on Houston advertising and marketing and the people behind the great work here in Houston. Created and produced by Radio Lounge for the American Advertising Federation Houston chapter at aaf-houston.net. This is a celebration of life podcast. This podcast is built, created, and dedicated to one of the greats here in Houston in advertising. His name is Dick Smith. Dick Smith was a very much a part of the fabric of advertising here in Houston and so many other places as well. Listen to a little bit about Dick Smith, all right? He produced many of the American Advertising Awards Grand Prix and, and Addy shows, including one where he wrote all original music and brought in children's choirs to perform. Yep, that was Dick. He played the piano and entertained the ad club at Christmas parties, was a mentor for many aspiring writers and creative directors. Dick Smith was named as a living legend, receiving an honorary life membership from AAF Houston. Dick was awarded the AAF 10th District Southwest Advertising Hall of Fame Award back in 2014, as well as many Adweek Creative Awards, a partner, a colleague, and a friend to many in the Houston advertising community and so far beyond. Dick Smith's stories abound. <laughs> and today, we're going to invite you to hear a couple of those stories. Alex Lopez Negrete was one of those folks who had the opportunity to work and learn alongside Dick Smith. Chuck Carlberg, great stories from Chuck. Dick was a fun guy, also a very creative guy. Independently, Dick and his partners collaborated and crafted what later became Houston Metro Airlines. His goal was to run and own his own shop, and that became a reality with the founding of Houston-based Smith, Smith, Baldwin, and Carlberg, which soon became the leading agency in the Southwest, earning many regional and national awards, including Addies and Cleos and so much more. His creative spirit led him to Dallas, where he founded Radio Ranch with his longtime friend and producer Don Zimmers, focusing on local, regional, and national radio production. And he continued his award-winning streak there, too, as well. He then returned to Houston, because you got to come back sometime, right? And rejoined with some former advertising industry partners as a principal, a creative director, and a new leading advertising agency in the Southwest. He retired to the Grange, became very involved in the local community, often fundraising for Festival Hill Institute, where he produced the annual Valentine's Day concert, as well as creating advertising campaigns for local businesses in LaGrange. His lifelong goal of creating a Broadway show culminated in the Festival Hill production of Virginia and Ed Leach's Heart of a Tin Trunk. In addition, he was an active member of the Noon Lions Club and participated in the choir at First Presbyterian Church. His love of painting inspired him to create and exhibit many notable Southwest landscapes. Yeah, he did that too. That is Dick Smith. And today, you're going to learn a little bit more about Dick from his friends and colleagues in the advertising industry. I hope you enjoy this. Dick is a foundation of how great things are today here in Houston. You're going to learn something, and you're going to love these stories. Take a listen. Alex Lopez Negrete is president and CEO of Lopez Negrete Communications, founded in 1985. 
Involved in providing strategic counsel, creative direction to the agency's clients, the country's number two financial agency, financial marketing, and also Houston's 100 fastest growing businesses, named by President George W. Bush to the President's Advisory Council on the Fine Arts for the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. That's pretty doggone cool. A grad of the University of Houston. And, uh, you know, and this guy also finds time to do this thing we call advertising. I, I honestly don't know how that is. And, you know, the funny thing is, uh, I, I think of you as a bear in hibernation, uh, like, the, like the bear in the wintertime goes and, and relaxes in a cave and, and stays nice and cozy warm when the rest of the world is frozen. You're in the Upper Peninsula, uh, close to Escanaba, Michigan, and you're enjoying the cooler temperatures while we down here have experienced nothing but 150 degree temperatures every day for the last month. So that's uh, true. That's true. And every time I uh, I talk to my crew, which is every day, and uh, yes. they all kind of look at me like we hate you because you can breathe. Uh, yeah. You know, Catholic guilt sets in because yeah, it's pretty it's pretty beautiful here, but it's. Uh, but I'm headed home. I'm, I'm headed home, and it's uh, to to Houston, and it's uh, it's where I belong. Honey, the UP is not bad. <laughs> ain't bad. No, exactly right. And I, I I applaud you for being able to do that with with Kathy there is uh, by your side because you got you got to you got to take the time uh, to find a space where you can breathe a little bit easier. Speaking of breathing, and just just kind of refresh. So that's what you do, and and I think it's a great. And you were not hibernating. No, I didn't mean to. Infer that. <laughs> Thank you, <I> Alex. <laughs> Alex does not hibernate. All righty. You know, Alex, this is all about uh, Dick Smith, uh, who we lost uh, just, a, just a short time ago. We all have heroes in our lives, and I believe that uh, Dick Smith was uh, one of those heroes in your life. Would you say that's a true statement? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don Ricardo was, was one of my heroes. Uh, and he was, he was one of those guys that, you know, when I, when I started and was, was – coming up in the business that that made me feel uh one that this was a, an endeavor worth doing that advertising was a noble profession that you could you could do some great things and not sacrifice art for the sake of commerce but he also made me feel uh that uh, that I belong uh you know and, and that that was really important i mean if you're a young pup coming up in this business to have somebody like Dick Smith and in, in my case it's a it's a nice it's a nice group of guys that that uh, opened their arms and and made me feel welcome. You know, it's Dick Smith and uh, Rich Klein and Bill Fogarty, Don Brown. Uh, you know, this uh, all those guys were just like, okay, come on, come on. No. They they rooted me uh, on and uh, and then Dick was definitely one of those those heroes. Uh, and he was a very special guy. Don Ricardo was really a special guy to me. You know, uh, yeah, and, and you're, you're a lot like Dick in so many ways. He took his talents far beyond uh, the world of advertising. Uh, and I believe that the greats in our industry do such things. They don't just create great advertising. They create, oh, I don't know, a, a, a legacy, uh, make, uh, make the world a little bit better place. And and like um, like I said about you, I think Dick d did the same thing. He he wasn't just an ad guy. He was like an all around kind of an amazing person, wasn't he? Yeah, he never stopped creating. You know, and they say that uh, for some people, uh, life's a stage. Well, for Dick, stage was his life. You know, I mean, he yeah. he was a really good musician and composer. And I remember back before even the Addies were the Addies, they called him the Grand Prix, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it was one of my very first shows that I attended. Uh, it was at the Wortham, and I believe he wrote 
the score for that whole it was, it was a musical it oh was God. it was one of the most impressive things i ever saw and i remember one of the songs was we fly the skies to advertise <laughs> and <laughs> i i just fell in love with it i mean it, that was i think one of those moments that i went yeah this is what i want to do for the rest of my life wow sure. inspiration you know yeah he, yeah and he always he never stopped creating i mean whether i'm 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 blessed enough to have a painting of his at home and a painting of his in my office uh, he was always composing and playing his music, and you know, as uh, as Don Apley told us all recently, you know, he was he was doing theater uh, up in Lagrange, and yeah. uh, he was nonstop. He was just nonstop. And one of the first times that I went into his office, and there's that piano, and he sat down, and off he goes. You know, he was wow. he was always creating, and I think that that's the mark of 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 being a, a great in this business. You well, know, it's not about Okay, I, it's it's uh, eight o'clock. It's eight p.m. and I'm done. No, yeah. he was never done. Never done. You know, you talk about his paintings. What kind of paintings uh, were those, and are those that you that you own now? On they're landscapes mostly, uh, and they're South Texas landscapes. Uh, one of them is a sunset, a Lagrange sunset, and the other one's a little bit more pastoral. Uh, you know, of of the hills of uh, of the hill country, uh, mm-hmm. but they're they're these two are landscapes, and uh, I picked them up at the um, at the auction. Uh, you know the AAF Houston auction. Uh, wow! Proud to do it. Wow! Proud to do it. I, th- I, I see. I might think of Dick every single day. I mean, it's a, Man, that's uh, cool. it's, a it's a good thing. Are these watercolors or oils or how did he paint? Oils. These, wow. These two are oils. Okay. Wow. There's another good friend of ours in the ad business, Brad Forsyth, who uh, his you know Forsyth and Butler did his agency for many many years. And uh, discovered that he was also an incredible painter, and uh, he started doing that in Maui, and has now crafted amazing, amazing work. So it's really, it's really you know cool. Who, you know who else who? Uh, is is another one of those guys that made me feel super welcome, and and I've had a lovely, lovely friendship with all these years, and that's Cliff Gillick. Ooh, he's a he's a very good artist, a very, very good artist, and. Very active, and uh, you know, if if you're not on his mailing list for his exhibits, you ought to, you ought to be because uh, he, he does beautiful work. Another another guy that just never stops. He's he's a creative through and through and through. Had a nice and con- a hell of a nice guy. Oh yeah, I had a nice conversation with him at the the last president's council meeting we did at Carabas, and uh, he was telling me about that, and he actually invited me to his office to see. Uh, what he was doing. That's pretty cool. What, uh, you know, okay, so we talk about painting and advertising and playing the piano and writing scores and doing things like that. Uh, Dick Smith had uh, so many talents. What, 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 what do you think was Dick's greatest talent of all, you know, number one on the list? What would the number one be on the list? Hmm. He just had that sixth sense of what made good advertising great advertising. Uh, I would say that that is the the rarest of all talents, and, and he had it in spades. Yes, I could say music. Uh, if you were to say, okay, which of the crafts did he master best? Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly writing, music uh, writing, was uh, co- composition was one of his strongest suits. But he was also a really solid, really great writer. So, you know, those sharp, witty, short ideas. Uh, you know, he didn't suffer long copy. He didn't. If if it didn't get to you quick, it just didn't get to you, you know. So sure. I, I think that sixth sense of what is great advertising, identifying an idea and being able to hone it down mm-hmm. quickly yeah. uh, was was his greatest talent. I mean, I remember discussing a lot of work over the years with him, and he always gravitated and pointed out, okay, look at that. That's nice, simple, sharp, 
mm. makes the point witty on brief. Mm. You know, uh, he didn't necessarily just like creative for creative sake. He liked creative that work, at least in wow. the many conversations he and I had. Uh, something he had has in common with uh, Don Brown. Yes. I mean, Don and I have a lot of conversations about about the work, yeah. and uh, he's kind of that school too. It's like, nah, too many words. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, it's it's about the powerful, succinct, on brief idea, and yeah. I think that is a talent that uh, that you know it's God given, uh, and yeah, you hone it and you 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 chisel it to perfection, but yeah. uh, it is it is rare, and he had that. Yeah. I think that would be his greatest his greatest talent. And if you look at the, the, his book of work, whether it was, because I, I came into the business when it was already Reeves, Smith, Baldwin, and Kahlberg. Jim Reeves had already joined. It was uh, after the Smith, 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 Baldwin, and Kahlberg uh, mm-hmm. era. And I mean, the work that they were doing was just crisp and uh, pointed and witty. Uh, and, you know, then through, through his whole career, that, that was that was kind of his mark, and Don's as well. Our city has changed, uh, and so, some people say that our uh, industry has changed as well, but I, I really don't think that's that's true. I think what what Dick brought to the table is is indeed timeless because of its simplicity. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, certainly our city's changed. Uh, the industry's changed. Um, the structure of the industry's changed radically, but the power of great advertising that's a legacy that will always be and i think that that's you know i mean dick's uh part of that group uh that that just really put houston on the map of the great advertising cities in america yeah. i really i really do honestly believe that yeah yeah i remember being at an american advertising awards event i believe he was playing the piano uh, part of that, and that wasn't—it wasn't that long ago. But it was like, man, this guy's good. He's really, really good, and he's done so many more things. Obviously, you know, uh, written, uh, put, uh, done the performances at uh, in in Roundtop, uh, and had uh, rave audiences there. Uh, crafted a musical, and did so many other things as well. Let's, uh, you know, you're out there doing things, uh, great things, everyday stuff, and every. Every extraordinary day stuff. Let's brag on you for just a moment. Tell us what drives Alex Lopez Negrete to look over the horizon and find something that'll move the needle and change the world. Looking over the horizon would be staring south toward Houston over Lake Michigan. What, what, what's, what's cooking for, for you guys at Lopez Negrete? Well, you know, I mean, it's again, I, go, I, go, I have to go back to, to uh, you know, guys like Dick, uh, Dick Smith and Don Brown and Cliff and Chuck, I mean, again, it's it's about creating great advertising. Now, granted, the media mix is very, very, very different, but the tenets kind of stay the same. Of course, you have to create to the medium. Uh, but, I mean, for me, uh, you know, we've, we've lived a couple of years of a lot of social change in this country. Uh, multicultural audiences, I think, finally, uh, corporate America has recognized that the mainstream, there will always be a mainstream, but now today's mainstream is very, very diverse. And what's happened is when you really look at segment work, whether it's African-American, uh, Asian, uh, or, or Latino, um, segment work is now dialed up. And what does that mean? That means that these audiences, when you start talking to them directly, they expect a lot more from the brand. They expect a lot more from the work because they are now very attuned. These audiences are now very attuned that this is a one-on-one conversation with them. So I think that, you know, instead of it becoming this big, you know, uh, Benetton-like work where it's just a 
bunch of vignettes showing different people from different backgrounds. Segment work is getting deeper. We're able to tell really strong stories. And I think what's turning me on right now is the fact that the, the environment is such where we can really finally start telling the powerful stories of Latinos in this country. Mm. Uh, you know, what's driving the growth for our community and for the Hispanic community is a U.S.-born Latino. And very, very much a, in contrast to what everybody thought would happen uh, as this U.S.-born generation of Latinos comes about, everybody thought that language and culture would just kind of dissipate and everybody mm. would become the same. Oh. And that's not the case. Good. Uh, you know, these Latinos, uh, you know, these Gen Z and uh, Latinos are very attuned to culture. They're very aware that culture and language is currency. And the stories that we can now tell and the channels by which we can tell these stories is just so powerful. Mm -hmm. I see the work being richer. I see the work being a, more challenging and uh, more insightful. We're doing a, some work right now for Unilever that is just, I mean, the courage that this client has. No, the other thing that's happening is that I'm seeing more uh, uh, Latinos and in general people of color in, in C-suite positions and CMO and, uh, oh, yeah. and CCO positions. And so being able to really jam with clients at that level, that they get it, they get what you're trying to do, and they're saying, okay, let's take that risk. Okay, let's tell that story. You know what? That story may be Latino, but it's really universal. Let's go with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that that's what's really, really exciting right now. Wow. Uh, wow. And, and that's what puts gas in my tank, man. It's just, uh, yeah. I honestly think that as challenging as our industry is and as challenging as the structure of our industry is, the best is yet to come. Oh, that's what a, well, I love that outlook. Dick, Dick Smith was also in love with the uh, American Advertising uh, Federation, his Houston club here. Yeah. And uh, tell us yeah. about your time. I mean, the guy really loved what we do here in Houston and loved what American Advertising Federation stood for. Talk about talk a little bit about uh, Dick as it relates to uh, AdFed Houston. Well, you know, so many of my memories with Dick are, are around the club, are around the American Advertising Federation Houston. Uh, you know, that's usually where we saw each other. That's usually where we, you know, go to the side and uh, sit at a table and have a couple uh, of glasses of wine and just, you know, chew the fat. Uh, I would think that one one of the things that really stick in my mind when it comes to Dick Smith is how he kind of saved my butt when I was chairing the, the I, I was chairman at the time and it was uh, the hundredth anniversary of the of the club and we were having our uh, our Addies if okay. you remember we did the Mad Men theme oh yes and oh, yes. you know he was a real whisperer to me there hey listen let's pivot here, do this, do that. Let's, how about this idea? Mm, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, he really, he really came through for me. He may not have had an official role on that committee, yeah. but man, did I lean on him and man, did he help me, oh, uh, you wow. know, and he made it, he understood that I was trying to make it classy and timeless and pay homage to the oldest business club in Houston, mm -hmm. which is the, uh, the American Advertising Federation Houston. Sure. And, and, and do something that would be memorable and of course, raise funds from for the organization. Sure. You know, while we celebrate great advertising, he was a real whisper to me right then when I really needed him most. And you know, I, I've I've always said that the best mentors don't know they're mentoring. You know, they're not like, mm. you know, will you be my mentor kind of thing. You know, it's like yeah. they just do it. They they just step up and help and talk and share and they're generous with their advice. And that was that was Dick specifically. During those Addies, he really came through for me. And I think if we had a successful Addies, which I think and I feel we did, 
Yeah. Uh, His hand was all over that thing. That's so cool. That is so wonderful. You know, Don Brown, um, a a good friend and a business associate of uh, Dick's, another legendary uh, advertising uh, person here in Houston, says, with the passing of Dick Smith, it's an era passing away. What are your thoughts about that statement? I I, want to put an uptick to that as opposed to like, it's gone. I I don't think it's gone. Yeah, I saw that too, and... And it saddened me. I'm not going to lie. It, it did sadden me because there is, there's pardon, there's somebody in a plane above me. So I'm uh, sorry for the noise. No big deal. Uh, no big deal. crop dust or something going over. <laughs> <laughs> this is real life, folks, in the Upper Peninsula, yeah. baby. Good. Yeah. There is one airport. It's real tiny and it's real close. Okay. Um, there it goes. Okay. Um, you know what? When I When I read that, Gosh, a little bit of me just just cried because you know he's he's right. Uh, wow. You know he he is he is right, and we've lost so many good folks recently. You know, yeah. Uh, we lost Fred Corge, who was by any measure a great, and and boy did he have a what we call a school mm-hmm. uh, that he that he formed under himself. Yes. Uh, you know, Cliff Gillick being one of them. Yeah. Uh, we lost Rich Klein. We lost Bob Culpepper. Right. Now Dick Smith. I mean, it's and, and yeah, there is there is a turning of the page. You know, we still have uh, a few of those great guys around, and they're active, and they're they're busy, and thank God, and they're healthy. Um, but you know, every time we lose one, it's kind of like that big tree that loses a uh, you know a branch. It's like how how. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think that era's gone no. uh, yet, but uh, I it does make you think. There's just no, there's just no avoiding it. But when you think about it, because you know him being a mentor uh, to you, uh, you are a mentor uh, to many. So it, we almost like you don't lose that. You you pass the torch and you you take that yeah. knowledge and that input and you say, okay. Uh, I mean, to me, that that's just a logical progression of of, of greatness that you can you can keep it going. You can keep it going. You got to be listening uh, and understanding. And I don't think we can yeah, move ahead. you have ahead. to be open to it. You yeah. have to absolutely be open to it. And I think that that's the value of our of our organization, you know, mm-hmm. of the AAF Houston. Because, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, networking and all that. Man, it's really bigger than networking. It's mm-hmm. about finding those folks, having those conversations, being generous with words, advice, involvement. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's where I've, you know, that's where I've found so much value. Uh in, in the organization is being able to have those friendships. I don't know yeah. that I would have the friendships I have with all the gentlemen that we've talked about uh, mm-hmm. without the club. Yeah. And, and I know yeah. that the uh, next gen and uh, you know, the, the, the younger generation of advertisers and, and marketers are, are listening to you as well. And, uh, and I encourage them to continue to listen, ask questions because that's how you learn and things get better. I'm going to give you one final question here. Uh, if if somebody new to our industry came up to you and said, "Who's Dick Smith and what did he do?" What would you say? Um, I would say, "Well, what rock have you been living under?" One. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm teasing. No, no. Uh, I I would have to say Dick Smith was one of the creative pillars of of the advertising industry in the Southwest. Uh, especially, you know, Houston, he was so much bigger than Houston. Uh, 
Uh, and he was absolutely one of the creative pillars of our industry. Sure. Uh, a hell of a nice guy mm-hmm. and uh, penned a lot of great work, whether it was advertising or music. Yeah. And, and, and you missed out if you didn't know him. Yeah. Wow. You know, and I, I can still hear him. Every time I see him, he'd say, hey, amigo. I mean, I could just, you know, that big <laughs> voice and that big smile. And his arms would fly open. We'd give each other an abrazo. And I'd say, don Ricardo. You know, I mean, that's that's the little capsule that I hold in my heart when yeah. I think of, of Dick. So, Hola, amigo. Don Ricardo. You know, uh, and... Uh, uh, you know, and he was so, he loved Norma so, so much. Uh, and he was just uh, an amazing, an amazing guy, but more importantly, a really terrific humanoid. Wow. Okay. What a wonderful thought uh, to leave uh, this uh, segment of the uh, program with a podcast for Dick Smith. As we, uh, as we look back on friends and associates who uh, engaged, learned, and uh, had a great time in our business of advertising and marketing. Alex Lopez Negrete, you and Kathy have safe travels back uh, toward hot Houston. I will see if I can turn up the AC down here a little bit for you uh, so it's not as hot <laughs> the transition will be easier. But but, but seriously, um, thank you. Thank you for, for taking time to do this today. It, it's an important thing that we're doing today. And uh, what you've said is absolutely wonderful. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Ray. Thank you, Ray. And I can't wait to hear the cicadas. <laughs> Chuck Carlberg came to Houston as a 17-year-old renegade. Well, I don't know whether he's a renegade. When his parents moved from Los Angeles for a job in the oil and gas industry, initially unexcited about the move, I can see that. He soon embraced the city, getting an advertising degree from the University of Houston. Are there other universities? No, they're not. And starting Smith, Smith, Baldwin, and Carlberg in 1971, at age 27. That was the, my first year in broadcast in Radio 71, mm-hmm. so kind of a celebratory thing that we have going here. His creative campaigns have helped shape perceptions of companies, products, and the city itself. An avid outdoorsman, uh, Carlberg is a member of the Houston Parks Board, a founding member of the Quality of Life Coalition, the Buffalo Bio Partnership, and a board member at the Memorial Park Conservancy. Uh, apparently, you like to plant trees. Uh, and that's a good thing. I like that very much, Chuck. But uh, we're to, we're talking today and recording this podcast. Chuck has been on an airplane from France, and he has taken the time out to join us for this conversation where we are celebrating the life of Dick Smith. And if you heard in the title, it was Smith, Smith, Baldwin, and Carlberg. Dick Smith was one of those guys. Hey, Chuck, first of all... Yeah. Thank you for your energy, and thank you for figuring out how to be a great guest on this podcast when you should indeed be sleeping or sitting no. at the pool. It's all good. It's all thank good. you. You know, you. You know you, you, you've been quoted as saying, Houston is what America was meant to be. What, right. do, you, what do you mean by that, man? What do you mean by that? Well, I, I really believe that uh, today where Houston is, that we're a very, very healthy community, and region we're more you know it depends on nine six seven thirteen county region whatever we are mm-hmm. and uh the diversity of our city and our region is what makes us strong yeah when, when somebody said what's the favorite food of houston you can't tell me <laughs> I mean, is, is it vietnamese is it mexican yeah. is it you know greek is it whatever yep uh and i i and i think the people here my favorite story anise parker i've done i work for all the mayors from uh maryland there on up mm-hmm. and i was asking uh Anise Parker, right at the end of her her mayoral run, 
And I said, Denise, what is your favorite thing about Houston? And she said, each other. And I thought, I just got chills saying it again. That, that's what Houston is to me, is Whoa. each other. Wow. And it makes us, makes us so great. Yeah, it really and does. We, we have relatively few problems. Now, I say that speaking from where I am, but yeah. uh, I think I think there's, there's a lot of good reasons to live here. And I, and I think we're just going to continue to grow. I mean, you saw that what, we picked up two congressional seats. Yeah. Probably from California. Yeah. I mean, Texas yeah. is a great place to live. Houston yeah. is an even greater city to live in. So, Very so, healthy. So, so many years later, he now loves Houston as opposed to yes, I do. doesn't love it as much I'm as a homer. Yeah. There you go. You're a Texan. Yeah. It was yeah. it was Smith, Smith, Baldwin, and Carl Berg to start off. Talk about the agency. And tell us, tell us. Uh, I'm sure you got a few stories to tell in your time in the bullpen with Dick Smith. Uh, well, here, what's interesting is I, uh, I, w- I was an art director slash designer. Okay. Uh, and Dick was, uh, he worked for the Houston Post for a while. He was always in the entertainment business. The mm. guy, he started playing pianos around around the world, I mean, around America, and he was a great entertainer. And uh, we met up at Alien Advertising, that's A-Y-L-I-N Advertising, and he was a copywriter there. I joined there as an art director and I think associate creative director. And then uh, I think Dick, got promoted to associate creative director of copy, but we were always, always friends. I mean, we just, we hit it off. I mean, you had art and copy working together and we really set Alan on fire. We actually, you remember the old Grand Prix, it used to be called a Grand Prix. I think. Oh yeah. Finally, I, I think our second year there, we swept the Addy. We just could, I mean, Dick owned a radio even back then. Yeah. He had, I, I was writing tickets from those now. I mean, Dick had an ear for music. He had an ear for sound, and he had an ear for radio. He could do probably the best radio broadcast writer I've ever worked with or seen. Wow. You know, like the old Stan Freeberg was like the great one. Dick was the great one. Wow. And he could do things with radio that no one else ever could. Yeah. And it was just, it was natural to him. And I think being a piano player, being a singer, being in the entertainment business, he understood the audio part of life, you know, how, how important. I mean, it's my favorite medium. I, I'm a radio guy. I know I'm an old guy. I'm a radio guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Dick just just every 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 Addies everything he would just sweep the radio awards. Yeah, because he was that talented. But we met in Alien Advertising, and then one night we were called over to Barry Smith's house, and this is Ben Baldwin, Dick Smith, Chuck Crawford, and then a guy named Barry Smith. Mm-hmm. And Barry called us over to his house one night for dinner, and so he said, "Boys." We're going to start ourselves an ad agency. <laughs> <laughs> and, that was, and Barry is just a strong personality. You go, oh, okay, Barry. Uh, how are we going to do that? You know. So, uh, but we put it together. We got a. I, I love this. We got a ten thousand dollar loan from Reagan National Bank, and that's how we started the agency back in nineteen seventy one. I mean, you can't ten thousand will buy you lunch, you know, right now. But not much more. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so Dick and I were the creative guys. Barry and Ben were the account guys. Our media director also doubled as our receptionist. Perfect. And that's the story, you know. So, oh, man. Uh, hi, you know. This is Walter Crawford? Yes. Oh, the media director? Hold on just a second. <laughs> oh, this is Virginia Monahan. So, I mean, we were five people when we started, and, um, and we were just very aggressive. And, and uh, I always tell people whenever I talk to a college or university, I said, listen, before you guys get too far in debt and too many house notes, car payments, Start an ad agency. Start a design firm. Mm-hmm. You can do it. You know, in the beginning, uh, you can just you can pay bills out of a shoebox. You know, so sure. uh, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It's almost easier to start 
stardom than what we did buying it back. Cause that's just, that's, that's been a lot harder than starting these things. But we were together in, in 1971, June 22nd, 1971, we started the agency and uh, yeah. we had, you know, a few accounts came with us. Uh, and then here's the, uh, the old thing that the old, uh, the, the, the nightmare was the, the clients that went with us went back to Aylin. Okay. Oh. Oh. All of a sudden, you know, we we, uh, we we told, oh, it's fine. Everything's everybody's fine. We didn't know they weren't. So no. they kind of went back to Aylin. So we were, we were desperate, like the first three months we were in business. Oh. And we sort of weathered that storm and we picked up a bunch of different, you know, clients. We were great at new business and Dick, like a Dick could, you know, charm anything. So, uh, we won a lot of new business. We actually did Wayne Connolly's campaign for lieutenant governor, and that really put us on the map. And then I think the second year we were in business, Mike Levy of Texas Monthly did a pitch for this new magazine called Texas Monthly, and mm. we won the business. And so Dick did the radio for every month's issue, first mm. year. And Mike said, you guys, you guys saved me. You put me on the map. And then I got to do the covers. So I did all the first year's covers, and Dick did the radio, and we did it for nothing. But it gave us great creative, and, and I mean, it, Dick won every radio award there was with his radio work. And then, luckily, with, with the covers, we we won a whole bunch of gold medals with the covers, and uh, and that was that was probably the most actually probably the most fun I ever had in the business. If you ever heard of a guy named George Lois or anybody that gets to do magazine covers, oh, yeah. it is an art. Oh. And as Mike, I Mike called me the other day to tell me about Dick, and he said, "Yeah, you remember you told me Chuck that every cover was an ad, and we had to do the best job we could." And and the same thing with Dick's radio. Every every month, it had to be uh, you had to go buy it off a newsstand because he didn't have any you know mailing list of, of uh, subscribers. He was everything was on the newsstand. So Texas sure. Monthly kind of put us on the map. And then we picked up the banks and we picked up this and that and the other. And um, we were we were very wild and cocky young men. Okay, and <laughs> uh, confident I should say, confident yeah. young men. Sure. And. Um, we we had a we had a great time. Then we then we asked uh, Barry Smith for various reasons uh, to leave and move on, and he did. And then uh, after we brought in Don Brown and Larry Taylor came into the firm. They were already in the firm. Uh, then then we were kind of running hot and wonderful and wild. And Ogilvy tried to buy us at one time. Wow! And then finally we sold the Yonah Rubicam in 1978. Wow! Wow, so, uh, wow. And merged with it merged into Reeves Dyke, which was the biggest agency in Houston at the time. Yeah. With Gulf Oil, First City Bank, Slumberjay, mm. you know, all these mega oil and gas accounts. And they were they were a great old line ad agency. And I think that they, they wanted to bring a creative input, which is Dick and Chuck and the rest of our creative people. Sure. And they merged us together. And uh, it's funny because I, I gave a talk one night. It was like, uh, we had a retreat of the, all the combined agency. You know, I thought it was like mixing oil and Perrier. In <laughs> fact, <laughs> <laughs> I got to meet David Ogilvy one night. He was there with Ogilvy and Mater well, in yeah. the shell business. Yeah. And I went over to shake his hand, and I said, I just want to meet you, Mr. Ogilvy. You're just such a legend in our industry and an incredible copywriter. He said, you guys did great tonight, you know, and, <laughs> uh, you know, Dick's radio. And, and then uh, the other side of the art direction wasn't too shabby either. So we, and then I think then that's when Ogilvy approached us after that to try and buy us then. And, um, we just, it was, it was, as I said, I didn't want to write, I didn't want to spec long copy ads the rest of my life. So we said no to them. Yeah. And then finally, uh, we, we said yes to Young and River Camp because they wanted to buy us too. So, wow. Uh, it was a good, it was a good run. It was a really good run. And then it all sort of dissipated as what happens when you sell 
you know, and, and, I, and I called Stan Richards at the time, who had his own wonderful firm up in Dallas. He said, Stan, don't ever sell these things. He said, I never will, Chuck. I know what, I know what I'm worth, and I'll keep it. So, because uh, you basically buy yourself back with your own money, yeah. I found out later. Sure. But anyway, then we bought ourselves back in 78, and, uh, no, pardon me, 88. No, eh, somewhere in there, 86. Yeah. Yeah. When the downturn came, we bought ourselves back. But Dick and I, Dick and I were so close as partners. I mean, we, uh, one of the great stories when we went up to New York as Miss Smithbone, uh, the four partners went up. And, um, I mean, Dick literally showed me, he held my hand taking me through Manhattan. I'd never been to New York before. Uh-huh. Here's this young, naive kid. And Dick is just saying, come on, go here, go here. And you know, in New York, the first time you go there, you're just completely confused and bad backwards. And, Overwhelmed, yeah, uh, yeah. But Dick, Dick held my hand. And Dick and I were uh, probably the closest of the partners because we were both creative guys and we, you know, I just respected the heck out of Dick, and we just had a great time together, and uh, I learned a lot from him. You know, I, I, I'll still have such respect for what, what audio can do, and be it on TV or on radio. Yeah. Uh, that audio is so important and so critical, and yeah. you know, Dick wrote for the ear. He wrote for the, the, the customer's ear or the consumer's ear, and it worked, you know. And when he did a jingle, because he could write music, and when he did a jingle, it it was it was an earworm that lasts forever in your ear. So he just he did great jingles, he did great radio spots, and um, I mean it's, it's nice to be around somebody that talented. Sure, you know, yeah. and uh, he was he was a gift to the industry, I must say. Yeah, so, you know, you you brought up uh, a couple of things before uh, back in the conversation here, George Lois. Where uh, George Lois was a good friend of ours uh, through the advertising show that we did uh, for so many oh, years wow. as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, George uh, crafted the. Um, uh, crafted the ads for Advertising Age for us, and uh, Brad Forsyth and I did that uh, show together for many years, almost uh, about a decade and a half. But uh, yeah. I, I, I feel, when, when you say Texas Monthly, that's exactly what I thought of, because it was the Esquire covers. Uh, in in yeah. a roundabout way, you're, exactly right. you're kind of a George Lois, too, and I think that's really cool. Um, and, and that was brought out in the conversation because I feel the same way because Texas Monthly had that cool vibe. It was like, yep. this is a class quality magazine as yep. much as Esquire was. So uh, that's one thing. And the other thing that brought to mind, uh, I'm wondering, I, I should ask Jim Conlon this question with uh, Radio Works, but I would assume that for Jim and Bill, um, uh, I would assume that uh, Dick was probably inspirational in their careers as well, from from a oh, creative sure. standpoint, you know, I, sure. I I don't know that, but I can just assume that uh, what uh, you know what what Dick did with uh, with the radio and creative in general. But you know, and I asked Alex this question earlier. It's it's it seems that Dick, uh, Dick took his talents far beyond our world of advertising, you know. And yeah. I believe greats in our industry do that. You know, yeah. uh, Alex owns some paintings of, of Dick's and, and, you know, Dick played at, at round top and, and then he crafted a, um, uh, a, what a, a broad off Broadway show, I guess it was, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I mean, okay. The dude was really good at crafting radio commercials, but he was so much good at so many other things. What yeah. are your thoughts? Do, do the greats of our industry, is that how it works? What do you think? Chuck? Well, I, you know, it's because it's, Again, he was he was an entertainer before he got in the advertising business. I mean, and you know when you know music, then you can write music. Uh, what a talent is, that, and what a rare talent that is, because that's yeah. all I get the rest of us, you know. Yeah. But uh, but then when he went into painting, and his paintings were pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, and I and I was just kind of shocked and surprised. But but it's so funny. I mean, I 
like I, whenever I speak to a, a university, I, I go, um, let me tell you, the, the reason I went into uh, advertising and art was because I was bad at math. How about the rest of you guys? They all raised their hands. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was perp walked out of algebra in high school. So, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I just just didn't click. But I I was a an artist that was uh, artistic type, art director, designer with talent. And talent is so hard, and usually it's beaten out of you in school, you know, or your parents. go, my dad thought I was gonna be painting billboards, you know, and. Yeah. What are you going to do, paint bus signs? No, no, Dad, there's a really career out there. But back then, you didn't know there was a career in a thing called advertising. Right. You know, Dick thought playing the piano in a bar was the best you're going to get, and there's a lot more to it than that. And then the fact that he did so much in Round Top, uh, and then also the fact that he even got, he got the chance to, you know, do a Broadway play. And, yeah. you know, you know, had he started earlier, no, I mean, his gift was really in advertising, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think he, he, he did the most with it, and then from there, it was all Dick, Dick, Dick is no longer with us, but but his his he leaves so much behind as far as inspiration and such like that. And some folks listening today, uh, uh, they may not have a, had a chance to know him. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you tell uh, young advertising? Because I think this is important. Because I think we need the foundational creative genius of what it was, you know, back uh, back then. And I won't say back in the day because I do believe that they still exist. What would you yeah. tell young advertising professionals about his style and his impact, something that they could uh, take forward? Well, it's, it's, it's like never stop. You know, I mean, keep learning, keep exploring, mm-hmm. keep experimenting. Uh, and, I mean, you can, you're, the, the old adage, you're only as good as your last ad. You're only as good as your last radio spot. You're sure. only as good as your last TV spot. And, and that's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, nobody cares what you did six months ago or six years ago. It's what are you doing now? What's ahead for you? Yeah. And that's something Dick always had. He, he, he had, his style was creativity. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just one style. He could do music. He could do audio. He could do serious. Yeah. He could do humor, you know, and mm-hmm. he could do dialogue and, and, so you, you cannot, you can never just pigeonhole yourself. You know, I mean, uh, it, it, that's the great thing about being creative. It's not, it's not duplicating anything before creative is doing something new and original as you can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what Dick was about. And, and, uh, and a lot of that rubbed off on me. You have to constantly keep striving to do something different. That is not what's going on right now or the, the favorite typeface of the day or the, the favorite C note of the day. Uh, it's what is new and different and will get a consumer's attention because it's even harder today than it was then. You know, I, I say I used to work in paper, now I work in pixels. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's where we are today, but it's the same. I, I go, I did what I, what I did 20 years ago, I still do today. It's, it's all about what is the big idea, you know, and, and Dick Smith was about the big idea and maybe the, some of the biggest ideas. So uh, that's where he had his gift. But you never stop and you continue on and don't duplicate. You know, do something new every time. So how about that? If you can live a life as full as Dick Smith did, that's a pretty cool accomplishment. His work set a higher standard, and the local talent improved because of his presence here in Houston. Hidden was his work as the volunteers we talked about before in LaGrange, and the music and lyrics to Heart of a Tin Trunk in a Broadway-style musical produced and staged to standing room only audiences at Festival Hill Roundtop. 
for a few years. Sellout crowds to his Valentine shows about the American Songbook at Festival Hill, all generating large sums from the library at Festival Hill in Roundtown. Amazing. Dick had two major goals in his professional life, although he seemed to accomplish a heck of a lot more than just a couple of things. One of those goals was to work on an airline account, which he did with British Caledonian Airways, making the Houston to London route into the most profitable in the airline's global network. And number two, to be involved with a Broadway production, which he did in a big time with Heart of a Tin Trunk. That is Dick Smith. Wow. Dick, thank you for your contributions. We will remember you. Yeah, we will. And thanks again to Alex Lopez Negrade and Chuck Carlberg for joining us on this podcast to talk about their friend, Dick Smith. And so that's a wrap on this podcast for Dick Smith. And Speaks Houston, the Addy Award-winning podcast, is created and produced by Radio Lounge. For the American Advertising Federation Houston chapter, you can find out more at aaf-houston.net. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will also help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. We also invite you to meet the people that represent District 10 of the American Advertising Federation. Check out Adtention, the podcast for District 10. Until next time, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Ad Speaks Houston, copyright 2022. I'm Ray Shillings. 